we're recording us writing the limerick because we keep procrastinating because it gives us <clears throat> when we when we have to write a limerick we automatically have a trauma response from all the other times that we've had to write a limerick yeah i think it's been so difficult. i think this will give us some added pressure so maybe we'll be a little bit more efficient in yes. our writing yes maybe not though i mean there's I feel a like chance run through a wall yeah there's a chance that like this entire thing gets edited out or that i edit out 20 minutes it. of the hour that we spend trying to write the limerick and what if we just, just publish us writing yeah. the limerick might and as that's well it. that's all you get that's all you get okay i'm thinking no thoughts i'm thinking <laughs> mind blank <laughs> ideas none <laughs> i should stop Let me, let's write out the structure what was it six no no eight <laughs> eight six 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 eight eight <laughs> eight six 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 sharp inhale eight exactly correct six 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 the last six is upside down so it's like a nine it's a, backwards it's a little trick yeah, that way it doesn't summon Lucifer. Um, this is so tough. I was thinking, I need to stop. <laughs> what were you? What were you thinking? Um, it's a bad idea, but like, um, talking about how like the alliteration of my or man and machine. Like, yeah. Starting or is that too obvious? Oh no, I think that's fine. I think that's great. Starting off with we have to start somewhere. Um, something like time blurns, blurns, <laughs> sorry, time blurs the line between man and machine or, yeah, or time blurs the line beat. Oh, that's way over. Wait, but I think you're onto something with the like, concept. Yeah. Yeah. The idea of, we just got to get the words. And this <laughs> is what's hard about writing a poem is that Concepts. you have the idea, but have, the words yeah. have to fit. Okay, um, man and machine, man and machine, blurred by time. <laughs> I put manned, M-A-N-D. What about man and machine are blurred by time? Oh, brilliant. You just add a little a little R in there? A little R and R. Ah, and are blurred Man and machine are blurred by time. And time's a great word to rhyme with. See? We're, this is already getting easier. Yeah. Okay, man and machine are blurred by time. Something, something. Rhyme. Slime. Dime. <laughs> Dime. Crime. Crime! And punishment. Yeah. Totally. Crime. Slime. Blime. <laughs> Dime. Dime. Lime. Mime. Just like pivot the whole thing to miming. It's our original concept, our original, our original like hour and a half. It's the source of mime all of our ideas. Everything comes back to mimes. Everything. It's all mimes. Mimes all the way down. <laughs> mimes all the times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mimes the word. Mimes the word. Mimes the word. You put a mime in the coconut. <laughs> Drink it all up. We would be such great mimes. I really <laughs> What's mean the opposite that? of a mime? Where we talk too much. A comedian? A podcaster. A stand-up comedian. <laughs> a stand-up comedian, yeah. Pretty much. 
Okay. <laughs> Refocus. I feel like you're giving me, like, <laughs> ADD. I, yeah, this is how I feel all the time. <laughs> it's just like, I, I'm just Community going. spread ADHD. <laughs> yeah. I have to, like, put a sign on the door, like, infection zone. Don't yeah. come in. You know the, the scene from Elf where Will Ferrell's just going around and around in the... In the door. The door. <laughs> My mouth's moving too fast. The round door? What's it called? Um... <laughs> the swivel door. The... the... I was in one of those today. And it didn't work. It was locked. Oh, it was that's... embarrassing. Oh, no. A turn. Table? Oh, how the tables no. have turned. Um, Roundabout? Doors? Swivel doors? <laughs> I um, said swivel doors. Oh, yeah. Rib- rib- <laughs> That's the name of a band, Swivel Doors. <laughs> we are Swivel Doors. <laughs> it sounds like the fifth Harry Potter house. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome Hubble to Hubble. House Swivel Doors. <laughs> That's us. That's our new. That's what our are our colors? Ooh. Hot pink and purple. <laughs> sure. Like, like the Cheshire cat. Because yeah. we're all mad here. Swivel door. <laughs> I'm obsessed. That's perfect. Um, we're never gonna figure out what the okay. name of that door is. <laughs> Darn door. Um. Anyway. Oh, oh no. Um, time. Man and machine are... This is t- almost ten minutes now. For one line. For one We're line. We're gonna be here another hour. I told you. We gotta go. Okay. I have to leave. That's 40 minutes. I'll cry. I have to leave. I'll cry real tears. Okay. Man and machine are blurred by time. Um. Coming and going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, good. Okay, Do get not it. encourage bad behavior. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> okay, where's Rhyme Zone? Who I need Rhyme Zone? Get Rhyme Zone on the phone <laughs> quick. <laughs> rhyme Zone is on my speed dial for emergencies. Nine one one. Rhyme Zone. My emergency contact on my doctor's and my doctor's office is Rhyme Zone. <laughs> Chime, climb, oh, climb, mid oh. change. <laughs> okay. What if we Slant. enjambment? We need an enjambment. <laughs> yeah. Enjambment, also a great band name. Oh yeah, we have to write down enjambment and swivel doors. <laughs> um, airtime, all time, bedtime, bird lime, blood, bird lime, <laughs> downtime, daytime. I th- we can't do another time. Enzyme, no, end rhyme, sublime. Sublime. Sublime would be a good one. Steven Sondheim. <laughs> sure. Throwman. Good morning. Springtime. Tea time. Pastime. Too many times. War crime. Ooh. Mmm. Maritime. Anaheim. <laughs> we could do a paradigm. We could do an enjambment type of situation. Have we ever had oh maybe we have. <clears throat> We've had um Limmy's where one line bleeds into the next, right? Um, I kind of... Have we not? I think we've thrown ideas out there. I don't know if we've actually gone with any of them. Because we could do that. Yeah. Um, Man and machine are blurred by time. The boundaries... 
That's four. What about the vowels? No, that's three. <laughs> I can't count my syllables. Um, man and machine are blurred by time. Boundaries crossed. Something paradigm. Or is that too repetitive of the same idea? Wait, say it again? Just like that sentence. <laughs> Wait, boundaries? Boundary, boundaries crossed. Something paradigm. Yeah, I think that could work. Wait, but we just have to figure out what those other words are. <laughs> boundaries, bother. boundaries crossed. Um, shifting paradigms. Paradigms. Wait. It has to be six. That doesn't work. Right? Boundaries crossed. Wait, is boundaries three? Boundaries. It's two. Bound- boundaries. Boundaries. I think it, it maybe it can go both ways. We could put a we could put a, a boop and a pass. Yeah, where yeah. they're like heaven or given mm, exactly given given, given. <laughs> yeah. exactly exactly and jam it on the yeah. word level. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but boundaries. It's morphological and jam it. <laughs> For my is want to throw some linguistics in there. That's the we're coming out with our new. Their new album, Morphological Enchantment. Just remember, we are the Swivel Doors. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Okay, does it work? Are we doing boundaries with Boundaries crossed, shifting paradigms. What's a paradigm? No, paradigms is, that makes it seven, right? Can we add an enchantment to shifting? Shifting. You can't have two morphological enjambments in one line. Who says? That's too many. Put morphological enjambments in all of them. <laughs> Every word gets a morphological, morphological enjambment. You get a morphological <laughs> Oh, dear. Um, okay. Ba- wait, okay, maybe we... What about... No, because crossed is already... I was going to say we could dump crossed and come up with something else, but that's already just one, right? Yeah. So what's another word for boundaries? Limits. Yeah. Limits. Limits crossed. Shifting paradigms. I really like shifting paradigms. Yeah. Cause I think that's really relevant. What about like, well, crossed is already one. But I feel like limits crossed. What about something pushed? Limits pushed. Shifting paradigms. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm giving it the green light. Green light. The limits pushed. Man and machine are blurred by time. Limits pushed. Shifting paradigm. Why does this sound like we're saying it over it's a, a spell? <laughs> yeah. Um, should we take out the S? You think it's it's okay to have the S on paradigms, but no. S on time. Uh, I think it's fine. Okay, cool. Yeah, we, it's, it's okay. been 13 minutes, so we can't. Okay, well, we're already cut our time we're, in a we're third. Ha- By okay, this yeah, you're time? right, you're right. Um, wait. Okay. Okay, so now we can have a new rhyme. Yeah. And so we need six syllables again, though. Um, shift, what should come after? (laughs) Man and machine are blurred by time. Limits push shifting paradigms. Can I, I almost want to bring in Heidegger about you have to endure or reach into or look into the void. Mm. Um... I no, I think I like it to to get through because I feel like this is the point where we do have to go into a like pivot into a different idea. Yeah, we can't just keep saying like how bad things are. <laughs> like, war, like, things are changing, <laughs> shifting, shifting, 
bad changing changing the future is uncertain it's like a magic eight ball yeah try again later (laughs) try again later uh okay okay um okay man and machine are blurred by times limits pushed shifting paradigms down we reach we could be like something down we reach down we reach it's close into I, i was gonna say we must endure the void Oh, okay. But I like down we reach. Or, but we might have to change it. We reach into the void. Yeah. So it could be we reach into the void, yeah. Why do I want to rhyme void with a void? <laughs> Literally the same thing I thought. <laughs> Paranoid. Okay, yeah. Can you get, get us, get rhyme zone on the phone again? <laughs> Hello, rhyme zone. <laughs> Can you hear me? I'm um, reading it out again. Man and machine are blurred by time. Limits push, shifting paradigms. We reach into the void. Android. <gasps> Android, alloyed, destroyed, Ooh. cycloid, employed, fungoid, <laughs> Freud. I like Android. Android. But I don't really know how to... Do you to... think that's too... On the nose. Schizoid? No. No. That seems derogatory. It does seem, does seem derogatory. Ovoid, hydroid, employed, centroid, destroyed, destroyed, cycloid, hominoid, trapezoid, Sigmund Freud, polaroid. Here's what I thought of. We reach into the void to avoid being destroyed. It's one syllable too long, though. But I kind of like that there's void and avoid. I think it sounds kind of nice. We reach into the void. Avoid. It's... I was going to say avoiding being destroyed, but that's also seven. For hope. What if we say, like, to avoid? Like, to to apostrophe avoid? To void. Yeah. Does that work? And jam me. (laughs) We didn't enjam yet. It looks like a Hebrew word. We haven't enjammed yet. To void. It does. You reach into the void to void. (laughs) (laughs) To void being destroyed. Is it confusing? I'm not sure yet. Like, I like how it sounds. Yeah. Let's finish the last line out. To avoid being destroyed. Because this line... Uh, what, what is this? Line four. We can swap that out real easy. Right. Because it's not even the going to be part of the final round. Right. Right. So wanna, do you want to try to get the last line nailed? Yeah. Let me go back to my time rhyme. Time rhyme. Enzyme, key lime, rat. I think all of our other ones have they been have multiple been. syllables for the last yes. word. Victimless crime, mother of time, hydrated lime. <laughs> what the heck? Soda lime, xeno time. This divine a slant rhyme with time. Yes, but I feel like it's close enough that we can yeah. almost make it a full rhyme. Because divine, I feel like, has potential. Divine time, war crime. I don't like Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> And only we can be saved by Stephen Sondheim. It's a, spell, it's a spell to summon Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> he, he's dead. Well, summon his ghost. Summon his ghost. Guggenheim. Guggenheim. The Guggenheim. The Guggenheim. Um, Cybercrime. Cybercrime. Pseudoprime. I only want to say things in a German accent now. Yeah, I know. Rapid climb. Man and machine are blurred by time. Okay, to avoid being destroyed. We reach into uh, the void to avoid. <laughs> Reminds me also of Aaron Tavette. 
I don't know who that is. He um he was in Les Mis. Oh. He plays he's the one attractive one. <laughs> Light brown, curly hair. Was he Marius' friend? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Is he the one with the little brother? Sorry to bring that up, but if Rosh? Oh do you yeah. do my name's Gas Rosh? The little boy who gets probably just brutalized. <clears throat> Sorry, Gavroche. Miss wait, what does he say? Um General Lamarck is dead. <laughs> but he sounds like a little boy. Yeah. Like me. No, I liked it, though. Thank you. I think we talk about Lemus Every time. Episode. To love another person is to see the face of God. I feel like we could do something with Divine here because it ties in somehow. <laughs> because it, ty- it ties in somehow. Uh, um, something we've replaced the Divine. Yeah. Or um, removed, re- um, we reached into the void to avoid being destroyed. I put being, being destroyed. <laughs> in case anybody's wondering what had to be Maybe we can d- get rid of that line, but then, let me think, let me think. Um, we reached into about the void. Removing our from, idols. Something about, uh, From hope, not paranoid. <laughs> or, for hope, while paranoid. <laughs> Uh, employed. Because there is something about industry. Yeah. We're unemployed. We, we reach into the void to which we are employed. To which we are employed. Yes! I'm, yes! To, uh, we reach into the void to which we are employed. Love it. Searching for... Searching for... Or something worship the divine. Searching for the light in the divine. How many is that? Searching for the light in the divine. Shoot. Um. Well, we can get rid of the light. We can say light. Searching for... Ooh, sorry, missed my <laughs> finger. <laughs> At the recount. Searching for light in the divine. Theoretically, we can do that. Let me put it down. And then read it out. Yeah. All right, read it out. Can't type. Can't type. <laughs> All right, are we ready to see how we like it so far? Yes. Okay, man and machine are blurred by time, limits pushed, shifting paradigms. We reach into the void to which we are employed, searching for light in the divine. I like it, but I feel like something's not quite I feel right. like something's... Not clicking. Not clicking. Yes, Absolutely. Okay, so this is connected to the sentence, though. We reach into the void to which we are employed. Comma searching. <laughs> Comma. So it is, like, it's... That's the purpose. Yeah, we reach into the void. Okay, so we reach into the void. This is something we're doing. And we're explaining what the void is. We are employed to the void. What are we reaching into the void for? The light in the divine. See, to me, I don't really get that part. Light in the yeah. divine. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. we are... In this context. But it feels like there's... It's a little too altruistic. At the end? Yeah. A little, don't you think? Yeah. But I like it. Like, that's what I want it to be. No, I know. And maybe that's where we're going wrong, though. Is it's... But it We're perverting like the message. We're perverting a bunch of perverts. <laughs> maybe it needs to... I always just want to go back to Heidegger for inspiration. Um, we reach into the void to which we are employed... But then it's like, 
I really like using divine as a slam. What about like raging against the machine? machine? <laughs> no, raging against the the something. Oh, I don't we, know. We can keep divine. Yeah, we can keep divine there. Yeah. I'm telling myself that. Okay. Um, what about wrestling with something? What remains in the divine? Or what remains divine? Yeah, wait. Wrestling with what stays in the divine. I was going to say wrestling with that which is divine. Oh, wrestling with that which is divine. Oh, I like that. Okay, yeah. Do we want to? Okay. Try it. Let's try it and read it out. Half an hour later. (laughs) Sickening. Which is the divine or divine? Which is divine. Which is divine. Okay. Man and machine are blurred by time, limits pushed, shifting paradigms. We reach into the void to which we are employed, wrestling with that which is divine. Okay. I like it. I like it. I like that. I like it too. Okay. Do we like the second line? Limits I like push it. shifting paradigm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I like it too. Yeah. Okay. We did it. We did it. Finally, you guys. Guys. Under half an hour. That's a feat. That's impressive. Uh, limits really are hard. Well, are we going to... St- I mean, I guess you already know the Lemmy, but this has been Lemmy Down Easy. Should we read it again? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Officially. It was, it was us going, um, yeah. 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 And just so you know, that is how it always ends after we come up with the Lemmy. I like, like it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't hate it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so officially, right. officially, this, this is Lemmy Down Easy. Lemmy Down Easy. Man and machine are blurred by time. Limits pushed. Shifting paradigms. We reach into the void to which we are employed, wrestling with that which is divine. I really like it, honestly. I like it, too. Oh, I get this tattooed on me. <laughs> no. No. Don't. I'd never. <laughs> <laughs> Period. <laughs> End Period. of story. Oh, gosh. Okay. I feel like I've lived a thousand lives already. <laughs> Just in the span of this night. Yeah. Yeah. Truly. Like. We've just made so many circles around and about. So many circles. Um, I'm dizzy. We should officially welcome you all to episode five, right? A whole hand. We're a whole hand. We're one whole hand. High five. Let's give ourselves a hand. (laughs) (laughs) There's something wrong with us. Truly. We've become completely unhinged. Irrevocably. Irrevocably. Should we talk about what happened last Wednesday? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we shouldn't. Well, it's fair because I think we have some listeners who uh, we were going to potentially meet um, at the Greta Van Fleet concert in Flint. Um, Kinsey, if you're out there listening. Hello. What's up? Hey. Um, Yeah, so we were going to go to the Flint show um, last Wednesday and and sadly it was canceled due to some unforeseen circumstances yeah which first of all let's say we hope that um jake and josh are well yeah um our missed concert is nothing compared to their health that is first and foremost obviously nevertheless um heartbreak is real (laughs) we were sad um I walked it, out of the bathroom. It was the timing that I think really, it, like, it really, the, yeah. I couldn't have written it better if I was writing, like, an HBO drama. Yeah, I honestly. was, we were at Lily's apartment getting ready. 
we both looked at each other. I bought like, glow sticks. We, yeah, we got glow sticks. We were ready to have a good time. We were both like, okay, let's pee and then leave. Yeah. And I walked out of the bathroom. But while I was in the bathroom, I was like, oh, that's weird. The, the music turned off. Yeah. Oh, it, that's fine. Yeah. We're probably leaving anyway. And I walked out of the bathroom and Lily was standing there, white as a ghost. <laughs> and she had her arm outstretched with her phone. And all of a, a, a sudden, I just saw Greta Van Fleet canceled sickness and i think i just started saying wait hold on yeah wait (laughs) wait no wait i think we both just sat down on the floor then after because we were like oh this is happening i took a picture of us in shock maybe we could post it yeah there's one where you're fully like pouting and i have this kind of dazed look on my face there's that one we sent to your mom with the my, one my little crying face. Yeah, we're we're walking downtown and I have like a peace sign trying to make make it all okay. We did actually have a really good day. We had a great night that night. We yeah. had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. Um I went live on Instagram. Yeah, it was fun. Which is a, it's honestly that's huge for me. Maybe we should write it's our amazing. limmies on live. Limmies on live. <laughs> I love that. Live limmies. I was going to start um I'll throw this out here, and then maybe I'll also post something on our Instagram. But I want to start going live more because I like it. Um, even though last time we went live, it was super, like, unplanned. Right. We, Kelsey was just driving it. I was just like, I'm going live. We're going live. <laughs> we have to cope. Uh, I didn't know. Um, we have to I wanted grieve. to interact. Yeah, I wanted to mm-hmm. interact with people. Um because we were excited to see people, so I was like, mm-hmm. "Let's just let me just interact with you know whoever wants yeah. to interact with us on Instagram." But it was really fun, um, and I think I would like to do it more. And I think I would really like to bring some poetry to you guys on Instagram lives, mm-hmm. and I can just read. Um, I can do like a little poetry reading for people to enjoy. Yeah. Um, so if people are interested in that. Let us know your Let favorite us know. poets. Yeah. What do you like to read or listen to? Yeah. I think that would be really, it would be a really fun way to connect. For, so. a, for a while during quarantine, um, Hosier was doing live poetry readings. So I'll be channeling him. Yeah. It was very, very calming. He read part yeah. of, um, he read a lot of Seamus Haney too. That's like, that's the goal is to right. just give people uh Something to tune into for just a really good vibe mm-hmm. and a relaxing time. Yeah, there was a there was a stretch there that I had um, some really gnarly insomnia, and so I would just like listen to a couple of his videos where he was like reading James Joyce, The Dubliners. Or yeah, something. and I it was very very calming. That's great. Yeah, I loved it. So I might do that. We might do that. But anyways. All of this is just to say, um, we bet you guys are pretty bummed out too. Right. And we'll just uh, chin up and we'll get through it. It'll Literally be okay. about to say chin up. Same. Connected. We're so connected right We're now. brains in sync. Brains in sync. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. It, it'll be all right. We hope you... We'll see you guys in September. Yeah well, well, yeah. we'll see you in September. But also I hope that like us continuing with... The rest of the podcast that we have planned right. will give everybody a space to sort of like come together and talk about music that we like and talk about the song lyrics 
and yeah. and engage. form this community that yeah. is is really pleasant and, just and thoughtful. Just engage with art. That's yeah, such a fun, even healing exercise. Yeah, community building. Yeah, super into it. Boom, bada bing, bada boom. Well, well, we are talking about Age of Machine today. We sure are. Should we talk about our initial reactions? Yeah, I think. I don't know. I, I honestly feel like I don't have that much to say about my initial reactions because I kind of don't either. It was just like I mean I liked it. Yeah, and. I mean, like, it was a bop. Yeah. That's, like, the first time I heard it. And totally. I honestly, I kind of feel like that's all there is to say is I just vibed with it. Yeah. From an initially hearing it. Yeah, I don't think I had any strong reaction to it. Yeah. Um, necessarily. I think, I think I, I was familiar with their, the song on their previous album, Age of Man, because I had seen it on mm-hmm. TikTok, and I was like, oh, Age of Machine, that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, it looks like it's probably tied together. And then, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not very eventful in terms of, I don't remember my first listen to it, though. Right. Um, I think I what stands out to me most about the song is the last bit. Yeah. Where it's like, uh, feeling, oh God, the feeling, that part. Yeah. Is what stands out to me most and what I think I would really belt out in the car. Right. You know what I mean? I do, this probably wasn't the first time I listened to it, but I remember for a while when I was listening to the album all the way through, I was going to a local park somewhat frequently and it was weirdly enough when I was reading um, uh, Kafka's Uh, Metamorphosis. Right. And I think I weirdly, even though they don't really have anything to do with one another, I formed an attachment between the experience of reading that, and then afterwards I would probably, I would like do a couple laps around the park and listen to this album. I'm not kidding. When I was thinking about the song, I did think of the Metamorphosis. Did you really? No, I did because the whole thing, which everybody should go read that sh- short story, is it's, it's a so really quick weird, read and it's so good and it's so yeah. sad. Well, what I thought of is how that I I forget the main character's name. Gregor Samsa. Gregor, yeah, he is a kind of a victim of this capitalist, greedy right. society that doesn't give him uh, any room right. to live his life. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, forced into a position of servitude and, and of being employed. And providing and, and for providing, his family. Yeah. And I feel like, although that's not directly related to this song, I think there's a correlation. I think also because... We've had a continuing conversation about the role of industry and, like, the idea of, like, wrestling with ideas of industrialization because so much of it was happening at the end of the 19th century and into the 20th century when Kafka was writing Metamorphosis. Um, They're, I mean, they're kind of drawn from the same well, even if it's not directly tied to that. But also the way that... How something completely nonsensical can happen to him. Like, I mean, it's not a spoiler or anything, but he's the first page you read that he's turned into some sort of a beetle or a bug. <laughs> yeah. It makes no sense. There's no explanation for it. Um, and yet you see the repercussions of it in his own family and in the way that he cannot provide for his family and how they all suffer the from the 
unemployment of him? Well, because of it. I think it also speaks to the way we internalize the capitalist agenda, which is that we should feel guilty if we're not laboring. Right. And Gregor absolutely, I think, feels that uh, on top of the guilt he feels for no longer being able to give his family the life that they had and no longer being able to provide for them in that way. Mm -hmm. It's also like we feel that so much that our value comes from what we produce. Yeah, what we're able to produce, how much we're able to labor, um, how we contribute to industry and Mm -hmm. capitalism and all these sorts of things. And so that is relevant to the conversation, for sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad that came up. I'm glad you brought it up. I kind of want to read The the Metamorphosis again. It's also just funny. No, it also is so good. Like, there's a whole, I don't know, three or four pages of just Kafka describing how Gregor is trying to get off of his rounded back (laughs) and onto his little legs. I think, like, one of the... One of my favorite characteristics of his writing in that... Mm -hmm. I haven't read any other Kafka, but in that story is the image of how well he portrays yeah gregor's physical appearance and abilities yeah. as the beetle yeah because it makes it, uh, it the picture so vivid mm-hmm. and like the way that he it's like across the room it's grotesque a little bit and he like hides under a sofa when his family it's awful you start to like it's awfully sad yeah you start to I don't know about you, but you almost, like, can feel sickened in the same way that his family feels sickened. Because he also internalizes their response to him. And you don't want to feel that way. No, you want to sympathize with him. And you do at points. You really do sympathize with him. There's also this short story. Oh, it's so heartbreaking, though. It really is. I'm going to go home and read it again. (laughs) There's also this short story by Kafka um, called The Hunger Artist. Mm. Um which is really interesting and it's an interesting take on um it's basically this man who his hunger artist he's like almost like a hunger strike Mm. but that's his art and how it becomes so performative and how we consume other people's art even when it's detrimental to them oh wow it's really it's only I would encourage I need everybody. to read that. You can yeah, you can there's free PDFs of it. Um but it's really short. It's maybe 20, 30 pages. Um love short stories. I read it a couple months ago, but it was one of those things where I just couldn't stop thinking about it the day that I I read it. Like this hello when that happens. Is so weird. But also knowing that a lot of times people who were extremely thin or had some sort of, you know, physical illness where they couldn't gain weight or whatever they often were turned into exhibitions right um like the skeleton man yeah um and how they would sometimes they were forced to do that because they couldn't work but they knew that people would pay to see them in their frailty so they like commodify themselves they commodify themselves as a means of making it again in these capitalistic societies yeah because we devour Mm -hmm. like anything anything that we can i think we might have probably said this before, but there's no ethical consumption in ca- under capitalism. Mm-hmm. And I think that rings true in what you were just talking about, where there's really kind of no escape for... You, you have to participate in right. capitalism. In America, at least, and yeah. in other, you know, capitalistic societies. But um, 
it's extremely difficult to not participate. Right. There's also this quote from, um, man, we're just throwing you all of the things, but... This is going to be a big episode. This is going to be a heavier episode, too. There is also this uh, book, and I'm forgetting the name of the person who wrote it, but I think it's called Extinction. And he was essentially saying, there's one quote from him where he says that capitalism is, it's not more of an, or it's not less of an ethical Mm -hmm. economic system than it is, than anything else. Yeah. But what it does require of us is to be destructive of our environment. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and if we continue that thought of not separating humans from the environment, but rather, rather thinking of ourselves as, as a part of the environment or as a continuation of the environment, maybe just in a slightly different form, then that also begs the question of how are we, how are we being destructive to our own, to other people, but also to ourselves? Yeah. And I think we see it in, well, the hunger artist, but... Uh, in a whole host of other ways, too. Yeah. Um, that was fun. Wow. Look at us. What a little tangent. No, I think we... Kelsey and I spent a lot of time before we started recording just walking through some of our ideas for uh, this episode and some of the things we had prepared. Mm-hmm. And this, more so than other episodes, is one where we have a wealth of other texts that we're drawing from to yeah. bring into conversation. Um. And we were talking about, we almost enjoyed talking more about the texts that we've prepared than talking about the song itself. But I think that's because the song is like the source of inspiration for us to return to the, some of these texts and seek them out to dwell even longer on the message of Age of Machine. Yeah. I mean... Where was I going? Sorry. <laughs> I got lost in the knocking that was happening. This is like the first time we've also recorded before 10 p.m. Oh my so God, we did it. We finally did it, but Thank I God. think we have about three minutes until 10 and yeah. then we'll really then start all to hell just take break off. Loose. Yeah. We'll, we'll be, be unleashed. Driving like on in another in dimension. dimension. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll, we'll become werewolves. Yeah. Our Good job. Exactly. Well done. Thank you only have, you have two minutes left, so oh, save it. Shoot. Save it. Okay. I'll edit it. I'll cut it, that and edit it. Is it a coincidence that one of the poems you were bringing is called Howl? <gasps> no, I do not think it is a coincidence. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> I'm using circle. that in, in uh, absolutely the wrong context, but it's because I'm skipping a step because I'm saying it's all coming full circle. Yeah. And I just skip that part and go right to time as a circle, as a yeah. flat circle. Well, this is all happening in time. So. Did you ever figure out, because we've talked about time as a flat circle. How on it's this a clock? Part. No, correct. Correct, but there's and we've else. talked about this on the podcast before, right? Time is a flat circle. I thought so. Maybe. I think that we did. If not, we're going to talk about it really quick right now. Yeah. Time is a flat circle. This is something that Kelsey and I have said before. However, I Googled it. Oh, good. It's Nietzsche. Is it really? It is. And okay. another person that I forget. Kant, okay. maybe? Oh, probably. I don't know. It's definitely Nietzsche, though. And I think there's like a couple of ways to interpret it. Mm-hmm. None of them are that it's a clock. <laughs> but so we were right the first time. Yeah. No, but I think I like that it's a clock though as well. 
Because it's because that's true though. That's accurate. It's, yeah, it's basically like the signified and the signifier. No, ex- absolutely. Right? Deconstructionist Derrida. Sassur would be Sassur, absolutely that's who it is. going rabid it's right now. Sassur. <laughs> yeah. Sassur would be just eating he this up. Would, he would be like, ah, oh, magnifique. <laughs> <laughs> he was French, right? I think. Who is Algerian? Oh. French Algerian Derrida. Oh, yeah, right? Derrida. Well, that was fun. What a good time oh, with Derrida. Woo! Good times with Derrida. That's the name of my <laughs> memoir. Dear Derrida. I'm naming my son Derrida. <laughs> I kind of love it. It's kind of nice. That was not his first name, though. Derrida. I what think was it was Jacques. Name? I think it was Jacques. Jacques Derrida. Was it Ferdinand de Saussure? Ooh, or am I just adding it was Ferdinand? Jacques Derrida. Um, Saussure. Sweet. If it's not Ferdinand, I'll be so embarrassed. This is embarrassing. <laughs> are you not embarrassed? Are you not embarrassed? You what is are it? correct. He I was Swiss. It. He was a big uh, influence in Look at the early linguistics as well. Look on that man. Let me see. What a handsome Victorian what fellow. What a handsome fellow. He was from Geneva. Geneva. <laughs> as they say in Geneva. <laughs> He's from Genovia. <laughs> Genovia. We gotta get back on track. Oh, okay. that's the same. That's the same. <laughs> Canadian. Hold on, you can't do that. We have listeners in Canada now. Oh my god, hi. Hi. We just checked our stats. We love and you. And we found out that people from Canada are listening. So right now we have Americans, Canadians, and Italians. It's a party. We love to see it. We love to see it. Multicultural shindig. <laughs> soiree. You're really aging yourself with shindig and soiree. A sassour soiree. My next birthday party is going to be a sassour soiree. Everybody has to it's be a... Uh, everybody has to bring a sign and a signifier. Everybody has to bring a sign and a signifier. I feel like I'm just a sign looking for my <laughs> Oh, well, let's start a matchmaking, a dating app. Where you app. put him on the head and you mm-hmm. have to go around and figure it out. Yeah. Like in the office. Matching the signs Diversity and the signifiers. Day? Yeah. Yeah. Genius. Brilliant. Sorry. Hold on, everybody. Okay. I hope that's better. <laughs> I think it's fine. I, I don't know. Good. Okay. Um, let's just... Okay. Well, Kelsey, will you read the song lyrics out for us so we can yeah, get yeah. that out of the way? Perfect child. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great. Just wrap it, actually. <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. <sighs> I'm trying to think if I might have, like, microdosed myself on something. <laughs> I left the gas on the stove or something. <laughs> We're just, like, inhaling carbon monoxide right now. Oh, man. <clears throat> Hold on. <laughs> this is, like, the most energetic episode we've ever had. I can't. I can't. Man, I haven't felt this this hyped since I was thirteen and at a slumber party, ripping yeah. apart a tiger beat to get Nick Jonas out of it. I think I was probably looking for like Robert Pattinson. Oh yeah, he never did it for me. Shame. It's a shame. <laughs> it's a shame. My for taste Robert is, Pattinson. It is. A, it's his loss. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. So this is Age of Machine. I'm going to skip the yeah yeahs. Yes, skip the yeah yeahs. Yeah, yeah. That's the name of the band, the yeah yeahs. The yeah yeah yeahs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait. It is. <laughs> Hold on. Is it actually a band? The yeah, yeah, yeah. It's care no. Check this out. Listen. Wait. <laughs> I have to check my notes. Yeah, they sing um they sing maps and heads You're will kidding. roll and oh, soft heads shock. Will roll? Yeah. And um I like to think heads will roll is one word. Heads will roll. Listen. The oohs and ahs, the goo goo gagas, and the yeah yeah yes. Yeah. On tour. I'm okay. super into it. We have this fun after this I'll read it, I promise. We have this fun game where we just come up with band names. Um and it's a really good way to jumpstart our creativity. Yeah. Um you just heard some of Lily's, the goo goo gagas. Yeah. Um the oohs and ahs. The oohs and ahs. I have one called Superior Taurus. Mm-hmm. I also have one called um, Earth Tones. Mm-hmm. We wear all Earth Tones. <laughs> Naturally. Naturally. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> we only play, like, natural fibers. <laughs> a, heart, a heart made out of, like, <laughs> silk. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Um, then I have one that's somewhat work-related, but I'm not going to say the place that I work, but it's called Maxwell and the Sticky Zippers. Mm. Um, that's my favorite one. So iconic. Yeah. Is, we also had the love- Just Kidding Simmons, which is oh, yeah. a really good one. I love that. Anyway. Okay. This is Age of Machine. Uh, like I said, skipping the yeah, yeah. Perfect child, plugged in since the womb, prophet of the dune. In this electric tomb, man has made an omnipresent force heading on a course for interstellar shores. And there's some ahs and haze. Uh, God machine malfunctioned as it grew and the circuit blew, falling down on you. Now you're free, unplugged from the source. No more underscores. Open up the doors. More ahs and haze. And then it goes with feeling. Oh, God, the feeling. We need some healing. We need some healing. God knows if you're feeling defeated, you have been cheated. You have retreated. And then it repeats that again. Now that you're reading it um, out loud, it it is really, like, choppy. Mm -hmm. The lines are really, really short. Yeah. On the page. Right. It's it's completely different when it's sung, obviously. And we're not not bothering with that Mm -hmm. right now. We're just focusing on the words on the page. But... I, that just struck me just now with how short the lines are. Literally, like, three or four words. Yeah. Like, snapshot. It's almost like a strobe light. Yeah. Where you see something, something's illuminated for an instant, and it's then... It's a blip in time. You're, yeah, you see back, in, and it's covered by darkness. There's yeah. also no chorus. It's just verses, yeah. and then into a refrain, or a bridge, um, which feels very anti-establishment i don't know like yeah kind of um this is breaking form purposefully almost like mechanic in the way that it like gets straight to business and it you know well yeah structured the rhythm is obviously very different um with how you read it and how it's sung Mm -hmm. because you're reading it like a poem right but again going with that sort of the mechanism right 
Um, like a metronome. It, yeah, the way you're reading it is very like, it almost lacks a human uh, intonation. Intonation. Yeah. yeah, it's very just like rhythmic and on a beat almost. And mm-hmm. um, I think that ties in with the themes, obviously. But and then it totally breaks it when it when it goes to oh the refrain, oh God, the feeling, yeah, some healing. It almost feels like there should be. Like a crowd responding. Like it's a call yeah. and response moment. Yeah. Um, we, we were saying earlier, that part feels like a, a protest. Yeah. Um, a cry. Any sort of like rallying cry. A like lament even. Yeah. It's um, it's very self-aware um, of the predicament that they find themselves in and the change that needs to happen. Yeah. So where do we want to start in terms of our references? I have... Excellent question. Like three poems. I have... And a potential I have a poem philosophy. and a song. <laughs> um, I guess we could start off with Akhmatova. Okay. Because that's... that's yeah. Because that's what kind of started it. Okay. Yeah. So I wrote this back in October. <laughs> I didn't even remember that I wrote it yeah. until about two hours ago. Um, but I remember I was at a coffee shop and I gotten some work done and I was like, I'm going to reward myself by writing something fun. Yeah. So I remembered this poem that we read, um, by this Russian poet, uh, named Anna Akhmatova or Akhmatova. I don't know how you say it. I'm going to say Akhmatova, but, mm-hmm. um, I'll, I guess I'll read it relatively quickly and then kind of go over some notes that I that I wrote so the poem is called Petrograd 1919 and Akhmatova writes caged in the savage capital we have forgotten forever the townships the lakes the steppes the dawn of our great motherland in the circuit of a bloodstained days and nights a bitter languor overcomes us no one wishes to come to our aid because we chose to remain here, because in love with our city, more than the wings of liberty, we preserved to ourselves its palaces, flames, and waters. Now another time draws near. The wind of death chills the heart, and Peter's sacred city will be our unsought monument. So I think, even though it's, um, I was writing my notes that they're not perfect parallels by any mean, but they kind of deal with the same ideas of this tension between nature and industry and and um simplicity and like complexity in terms of industrialization yeah um and i was writing that i was struck by both greta van fleet's and akhmatova's eulogizing the loss of humanity or humanness outside of industry and beyond technology and that it mourns the loss of like a human connection with the natural world and while also being really self-aware and while age of machine doesn't necessarily mention the natural world as much or as as explicitly as akhmatova's we know that there is that connection from previous songs so there's a right there's a pattern built in terms of um connecting with with the natural world which is then lost or unacknowledged in the song mm-hmm. um but while akhmatova's poetry tackles um the oppression of um 
like the savage capital in it was well it was saint petersburg and then it that was too germanic so then they changed it to petrograd to make it sound more russian but um she, I was saying that she indicts herself and her comrades by forgetting the natural landscapes of Mother Russia and thus neglecting the wings of liberty in the way that they have. She's acknowledging that the, the um, active choice that they have made to prioritize industry over the natural wonders and the, you know, living in communion with the land. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, they have kind of given up a part of their freedom i mean essentially admitting that they're kind of enslaved to this industry right and into this um this capitalistic so i mean it wasn't the ussr yet but um this capitalistic kind of um world where everything was for economic and technological gain yeah yeah, yeah. so but um that's what i thought of should I talk about Regina Spector now, or do you want to? Yeah. Okay. Well, you guys, this is kind of the first time that I've talked about her, but I love her. <laughs> so I always also associate um, Akhmatova's poetry with Regina Spector, who's amazing. If you haven't listened to her, you really should. Um, there, she's also um, she was born in Russia, and then her family fled in like the late eighties and came to came to the states, but. I think there's something very similar in the way that she writes to Ekmatova's poetry. But there's this one song by Regina Spector called Machine. And I don't think I... Should I read all of it? Or should I read part of it? I'll read part of it. But yeah. I'll read part of it. It's kind of long. But we could probably link it in the notes. So go oh, listen we'll to it. link it for sure. It's so great. It basically... A short sum- summarization is that it talks about the blurring lines between the human and the non-human or the machine um basically she starts with saying my eyes are bifocal my hands are subjointed that she lives in the future in her pre-war apartment um so it's all about how she's it's almost like she's living in this robotic body yeah where it's she's not made of flesh and bone but of wires and metal and her consciousness is like downloaded to this cloud as a way of preserving her. Um, and it's all about the future and how we glorify the advances that we're supposed to make in the future while it is not nearly as glamorous as we anticipate. And then she repeats hooked into the machine. But it also tackles a lot of the same themes that we've seen in the Battle at Garden's Gate. Um, Garden's Gate? Yeah. Singular. Um, there could be more than one gate. Maybe there's multiple. Multiple gates. Multiple gates. Um, and how Don't everything... Gatekeep. Gatekeeping. <laughs> gate, girl bosses, gaslighting, gatekeep. What was yeah. that thing? Yeah. Um, basically, though, how she kind of orients everything in relation to war. Um, the last yeah. the last line, or the last few lines are, um, everything's provided, consummate consumer, part of worldly taking... Um, apart from worldly trouble, living in your pre-war apartment, soon to be your post-war apartment, and you live in the future. In the future, it's here, it's bright, it's now. So how we kind of orient time in relation to war. Right. But we also... Um, like bookends. We book, everything. Yeah, we, everything is in relation to these 
monumental historical um, occurrences, which isn't surprising. But I think she kind of acknowledges the emptiness when everything is provided to us so easily um, and the lack of imperfection and the lack of flaws is really detrimental to our experience as humans. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I I would love to hear people's thoughts if they go ahead and check out um, Machine. Well, I think something you kind of said at the end there, which we which we talked about earlier Mm -hmm. was in relation to how we orient ourselves in time. Mm -hmm. um, We have that orientation with historical events like war, but also we were talking about how age of machine is sort of similar in a similar way, naming this like a geological time, maybe sort of like the Anthropocene, which we talked about in episode one. But it's also calling back to Age of Man. Mm-hmm. And so you're seeing this progression through time right. of the different ages. And it's an it's interesting to think about, you know, looking forward if they release another age of type song, right. what that's going to look like. Because feasibly, it could be a progression or a regression. Mm-hmm. And if we're... If Age of Man is sort of tied up in ideas about war and destruction and sort of technology overreaching and overstepping its place mm-hmm. and humans sort of like, I don't know, I was like dissociating. Kind but of. But like, yeah. A little bit. Um, if that's what Age of Machine is about, then what's what's going to be next? Right. You know? And part of it, maybe it couldn't be written until something else has happened. Yeah. Or, this is where we're kind of where I mean, we're at. Yeah, a little bit. Um, there was also, I realized that I didn't mention my, um, I, I forgot, I do have three things that I was going to talk about. No, bring it up. Thoreau. Oh, yeah, Thoreau. Thoreau. Don't throw away Thoreau. Don't throw away Thoreau. So I am trying to be a good, pretentious student of life. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to read Walden by um, Henry David Thoreau, or Thoreau, as he's supposed to be called, but, yeah. by certain people. <laughs> certain unnamed people. Un- uh, the unmentionable. No. <laughs> 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 but, um, so the, the first part of, of Walden, and I'm only partially through it, but it's called Economy, and so he's talking after Walden has Walden after Thoreau has removed himself from like everyday society. Um, he's really reflecting on social values and the way that our society runs. But there's one part where he um, where he talks about how well I'll just quote him. Um, he says their fingers talking about men who have worked too much. Um, Their fingers from excessive toil are too clumsy and tremble too much for that. Actually, the laboring man has not leisure for a true integrity day by day. He cannot afford to sustain the manliest relations to men. His labor would be depreciated in the market. And then he later goes on to say, he has no time to be anything but a machine. How can he remember well his ignorance, which, which his growth requires? Who has so often to use his knowledge? And so the way that that one economy or the need or the 
I mean, the fact that most of us and our work has been commodified mm-hmm. not only deteriorate, deteriorates the quality of our work, but our ability to relate to other people. Yeah. Because we yeah. become less people-like, less mm-hmm. personal, um, and we turn We become in, machines. We become machines in the way that we are just used for our labor and then expended, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to connecting and commuting with other people um, just for the purpose of that, not yeah. for the pers- purpose of making right. money. Um, right. Or building relationships, building relationships to, you know, further a business or to advance in some way. I really like that you brought that into the conversation because I think it offers a potential, I don't know if I want to call it a solution, but Mm -hmm. kind of a potential solution to the issues that are being discussed amongst kind of all of these texts that we're bringing into conversation. And, and I think of all of the texts, that's the most, I, again, I don't really like to use the word solution, but like it's the most solution based or the most like actively searching and participating in an activity that yeah. uh, kind of, like, throws the yoke off mm-hmm. your back and provides an escape. Right. So, it does feel, I just think that's interesting. I haven't finished it yet, but it does feel, like, a little prescriptive. Sure. I mean, because what, what, which is fine. I haven't read it. All I know, I mean, I just I know mean, but peripherally. It's, yeah, I think it's just the point, though, because if you're going to take the time to point out massive societal problems then you better have something better to offer because what's right. the point of just pointing out problems without providing a solution? Right. Um, what, I just haven't gotten to the solution and yet. I think that I think it's important to say like providing solutions, not necessary. It's not necessary that those solutions be the solution. Right. Just options. A, yeah. A potential solution. Right. Um, Cause I, there might be multiple solutions to the problem. Right. Ideas. Very likely that there are. Yeah, because, yeah, I think that's overly simplistic to believe that, like, these problems that have resulted because of hundreds and thousands of years of things yeah. are going to be resolved by Thoreau being like, and this is how we fix yeah, it. like, we just all get electric cars or something. And right. it's like, ah, there you go. It's a little more complex. Absolutely. Yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, Thoreau's pretty smart, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Um... No, that's really interesting. So I, you bring, you tell me all about your references. Okay. Because we both came to the fully loaded figurative table. We're on a couch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with so many ideas. So many. So many. And ideas. they all, I think, mesh really well, mm-hmm. really beautifully. Um, but I actually, I read Kelsey's um, notes that she wrote back in October, but I thought she wrote them like yesterday or, you know. Last I, week or I something. couldn't have told you when I wrote them, but well, I read them because I was starting to work on my notes for this episode, and then I was like, th- "That's kind of like what inspired me to think about things, I guess." And it made me think of I was reading your like f- your free writing, mm-hmm. and it made me think of Allen Ginsberg's poem Howl. Um, and uh, Ginsberg was a poet of the Beat Movement. Um, Howl uh, was a really controversial poem. Um, because it had a lot of uh, sexually explicit, um, and I guess you would call it, you know, foul language. Um, but it was also, like, quite inf- influential, and it's pretty long as far as poems go. Uh, but the part that I want to bring into the conversation is from the beginning of part two. I think it has some interesting stuff. So I'm going to read 
Uh, I'll try my best to read this. What sphinx of cement and aluminum bashed open their skulls and ate up their brains and imagination? Moloch, solitude, filth, ugliness, ash cans, and unobtainable dollars, children screaming under the stairways, boys sobbing in armies, old men weeping in the parks. Moloch, Moloch, nightmare of Moloch, Moloch the loveless, mental Moloch, Moloch the heavy judger of men. Moloch the incomprehensible prison, Moloch the crossbones, soulless jailhouse, and congress of sorrows, Moloch whose buildings are judgment, Moloch the vast stun of war, Moloch the stunned governments. Moloch whose mind is pure machinery, Moloch whose blood is running money, Moloch whose fingers are ten armies, Moloch whose breast is a cannibal dynamo, Moloch whose ear is a smoking tomb. Moloch whose eyes are a thousand blind windows, Moloch whose skyscrapers stand in the long streets like endless Jehovah's, Moloch whose factories dream and croak in the fog, Moloch whose smokestacks and antennae crowd the, the cities. Moloch whose love is endless oil and stone, Moloch whose soul is electricity and banks, Moloch whose poverty is the specter of genius, Moloch whose fate is a cloud of sexless hydrogen, Moloch whose name is the mind. And it's kind of frenzied. Um, it's a little, I don't know, even angry or frantic and at times uh, explosive. And But I think this, the poem approaches uh, issues of industry and technology and capitalism in a different way than Age of Machine, obviously, but they they share similar themes and, and symbols. Um, both Age of Machine and this little section of Howell uh, imagine industry and capitalism and technology as kind of these godlike figures. Um, they're, they're things we almost worship and maybe even are kind of like you were saying earlier, enslaved to these mm -hmm. systems in a, in a, in a way. Um, uh, the whole godlike thing comes into play in Age of Machine mm -hmm. with, like, man has made an omnipresent force, god machine, unplugged from the source, that kind of thing. And then uh, in Howl we have, um, let's see, Moloch whose skyscrapers stand in the long streets like Jehovah's, Moloch the vast stone of war, Moloch the stunned government. Um, so it's kind of offering a commentary on how humanity has come to idolize and prioritize things like technology and wealth and industry and government and oil and natural resource extraction. And so that's sort of how I felt Howell sort mm -hmm. of ties in. And for more context, um, Howell was published in 1956 and it's, it was written, um, after one of Ginsburg's friends was uh institutionalized and so it's sort of a commentary on the oppressive nature of western society and as much as it forces you to conform and it's it's you know it's greedy it's violent it can it has the capacity to drive one to madness mm -hmm. um unfortunately uh so i also have um i think on a more lyrical note because I wouldn't necessarily call Howell uh, especially lyrical. It feels very aggressive. Right. It, it feels like... But that's... You would look point. at this and you'd be like, this person's crazy. The, yeah. This is the ramblings of a crazy person. It does Which is the like point, it'd be though. scrawled across something and... The, the, uh, like, the point is that the world drives... The, the Western society in this capitalistic, you know, technology-driven world Obviously, in the 50s, they didn't have the same technology we have now. Right. But in that sort of society, 
we are driven mad, but only in our madness, right. those who are truly mad can really express the faults of the system right. and be- can create art because from that. Because the people that. who are outside of this system would be called mad because they are... Mm-hmm opposing it also i was i forgot to do this before when you were because i was just it's like this onslaught of moloch yeah like moloch moloch yeah like what does moloch mean so i looked it up yeah so in the hebrew bible it was actually um a canaanite god but it was a canaanite god that they would sacrifice children to yeah but it's like perfect child yeah plugged into the womb or plugged in since the womb and it's, 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 I kind of tongue in cheek in my notes also wrote down plugged in, or perfect child plugged in since the, plugged in since the womb. Holy moly. I was like, iPad kid? Yeah. Is that iPad kid? Because how often do we just, and I, I'm. Placate I'm, the, yeah, yeah. I'm not a parent. I don't know the stresses of parenthood. Absolutely. How no, hard it no is. parent shame happening here. No, but I mean, I do just notice it, you know, and we just. Easy enough. Just hand the baby, hand the kiddo a, a tablet of some sort as just a means of um, keeping them calm. <laughs> you know. I mean, I placate myself with my literally uh, all with the my time. phone or with Instagram or Facebook or something. With right, scrolling, and I hate it. And it's like, are you? And it's not. It's not soothing at all. I feel like are you kind of making the point that it's like we're sacrificing the self that is us to to the technology that we use to placate. Our children. Ourselves, and, like, Moloch is the technology. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I love that. He said it much, much more succinctly. I really love that. But it's so, I mean, we're just like, yep, here you go. Here's my kid. Right. You can be the one that is the primary influence. Thanks for strengthening my argument, because I was, not that I necessarily have an argument, but yeah. I was questioning myself on whether there was really enough of a connection between oh, Howell and... Oh, totally. Okay. Good to know, good to know. You were absolutely on track. And... I can never not include Rilke in a conversation, so... He's the omnipresent force. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In my life, that's certainly true. Uh, So I have two Rilke poems, both from the Sonnets to Orpheus. Um, These are, like, really kind of the only two poems that have a focus on industry and not on the natural world. So they immediately stuck out to me as potentially relevant to this conversation so i'm going to read a couple here to get us rolling with rilke <laughs> that's my new podcast my spinoff rolling with rilke i'm just kidding okay I'm super into that um here's the first one this is sonnet 10 of book two all we have gained the machine threatens as long as it dares to exist in the mind and not in obedience. To dim the masterful hands more glorious lingering for the determined structure it more rigidly cuts the stone. Nowhere does it stay behind. We cannot escape it at last as it rules self-guided, self-oiled from its silent factory. It thinks it is life, thinks it does everything best, though with equal determination it can create or destroy. But still, existence for us is a miracle. In a hundred places, it is still the source. A playing of absolute forces that no one can touch who has not knelt down in wonder. Still, there are words that can calmly approach the unsayable. 
and from the most tremulous stones, music forever new builds in unusable space her deified temple. <laughs> I mean, her existence can is you a just... miracle. And I love um, it thinks it is life. And I actually think that's interesting because the way uh, technology and the, the silent factory and, you know, the mm-hmm. machine is, I guess, kind of almost personified here. It thinks it is life. Right. Um, I almost want to say that we think it's life. Mm-hmm. Like, our, again, the way we've, I'll say it, hierarchized. Hierarchized? Nailed it. Hier- hierarchized. Yeah. I feel like I'm missing a syllable that way. The way we have structured this hierarchy, if you will, um, in our our world is is that technology is so important that we think it is life. I mean, and often people are living a life on technology that is completely different than the world, or sorry, is completely different than the life that they're actually living. You know, Mm -hmm. we have Instagram influencers who are posting a day in my life. And it's glamorous, and... Somehow they're waking up with their f- their camera recording them? Uh, yeah, exactly. And that's the life that they're they're showing to people. And we believe them. Mm-hmm. But, but it's, it's not life. No. It's just it's life through, through the lens, right. really. Um, all right. I won't, I won't continue rambling on that, but... We no, also I like have, it. Thank you. Keep rambling. We also have a poem from book one of Sonnets to Orpheus. This is uh, Sonnet 24. Shall we reject our primordial friendship, the sublime unwooing gods, because the steel that we keep harshly bringing to hardness has never known them? Or shall we suddenly look for them on a map? All these powerful friends who withdraw the dead from the reach of the senses touch nowhere against our wheels. We have moved our banquets, our baths, our festivals far away. And their messengers, long since outstripped by our speed, have vanished. Lonelier now, dependent on one another utterly, though not knowing one another at all, we no longer lay out each path as a lovely meander, but straight ahead. Only in factories did the once consecrate flames still burn and lift up the always heavier hammers. We, though, keep losing what small strength we have, like swimmers. I think uh, the line that I really like from this is, we have moved our banquets, our baths, and our festivals far away. I was just going to say that. Yeah, because it's uh, those like baths, festivals, banquets are three, I don't know, events, ceremonies, traditions that are communal, that bring people mm-hmm. together in life. Right. Physically in proximity with right. one another, right. partaking in activities together, and the idea that we have moved those far away, and that we, that our their mess, the messengers of the gods have vanished. I think just like it speaks to, it speaks to the evening of our age, which is advancing towards its night, as. Heidegger. <laughs> but also the thing with the baths, the banquets, and the festivals. Yeah. They're not for economic gain. Exactly, yeah. That's not the purpose. They're humanity. It's, it's humanity. Just, it's humanity. It's for connection. Yes. There's, yeah, that's the thing. It's not, like, it's 
it's not for the advancement of anything. It's if anything, it's a looking backwards as opposed mm-hmm. to a looking forwards, mm-hmm. which is so much. We have this. That's an, an idol that we all have. Is always looking towards the future, instead of remembering where we came from. How did we get here? What mistakes have we made? And How do we learn from them? And maybe that's like the real, I guess, uh, obstacle to overcome is our idolization of the future and of right. pro- the progress that we perceive to be the future. Because if we spend more time yeah. in the moment and also learning from our past, we're better pr- equipped to yeah. um, to move towards our future. Mm-hmm. And we often conflate future with progress. Right. And they're not the same. Mm-hmm. In fact, they'll never be the same unless we do learn from, like, <laughs> humanity-wide mistakes mm-hmm. and social social mistakes and all of these these things that we these traps that we fall into if anything we'll just keep regressing or maybe we'll take a step forward and two steps back the progress is not linear progress is not linear as my therapist likes to say on an individual basis but also on a societal basis truly so thanks madly truly madly deeply (laughs) (laughs) i'm into it uh uh, let me think. I don't have anything else. I don't know if I have anything else. This, this is, is an, um, this is like my favorite episode we've done, to be honest. I, I hope you guys like it. It's kind of a lot, but this really isn't any different from a lot of our conversations that we I, have. Yeah. You've just been like a sort of like voyeuristic ear um, mm. to this conversation. Yeah. And we would love it if you would participate. Yeah. Somehow. Let us know your thoughts on the song. Send us an email. Um, leave us a comment yeah dm um, us on instagram on snapchat just kidding connect, yeah, have snapchat. Have connect with us in any sort of way let's let's create we should our get own, like a p.o box yeah let's be create so our own baths festivals or banquet yeah on a virtual <laughs> we're, we're like but not in person well i mean i said i'm, I'm having my sasur soiree sasur soiree so that'll be coming it's a masquerade so it'll be coming <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm making some executive decisions. Should I read be it? Should I read? Should I read? Be ahead of all parting? Yeah. You think? I'm we're here. We're we're six poems deep. Let's go. <laughs> we're six poems deep. This is like the most we've ever brought to uh this but really an episode. Oh my god, we didn't even talk about Dune. Okay, so on the um Battle at Garden's Gate to dune pipeline <laughs> we're like fully all the way deeply truly madly deeply we're entrenched in. we're drenched <laughs> we are clogging the pipeline it is um what do they call it like a sinkhole sure no what do you call it when it's like the sand oh um, um, um oh the, yeah a sinkhole no in the movie in the book um no um, um like in um Ooh, I like this game. Like, like in Indiana Jones, like the quicksand. Quicksand. We're falling into the quicksand this of Dune. Quicksand. What of did the... I call it? <laughs> I've already forgotten. Me too. Uh, sinkhole. That's Sink- what I said. Sinkhole. Kind of the same thing. No, this yeah. is like the quicksand. We're falling right in. This is like the sandworm in Dune. I like. I'm just. I'm trying so hard to like make puns. It's. It's just. I mean. Our lives? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's my life's purpose. <laughs> <laughs> to come up with puns. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so basically the third line, they sing Prophet of the Dune. And I was like, oh my god, it's Dune. Well, because literally what? Why is the word Dune what in there? What does it mean? I want to know. We were we were talking about that because we were like, Kelsey was saying when she first heard it, she said she thought maybe it was Prophet of the Doom. Yeah. D-O-O-M. Which feels a little heavy handed, but like also, I get it. Right. And then we, we, we confirmed with the lyric book inside the album that it is Dune. And that is just such a specific word to choose for the song. So we started to talk about like dunes. You know? Yeah. Just in real life, sand dunes. Sleeping bear sand dunes. Yeah. Good Michiganders. You think of climbing the sand dune. It's it's arduous. It's, you're sweating. Unrelenting. It's a challenge. Your feet burn. You can't even really wear shoes. You Mm kind of have to do it barefoot. Every step you take, you sort of fall back down a little bit. So it's, I said earlier, it's like a mildly Sisyphusian in your your stepping. Like, it kind of feels like you're going nowhere. Yeah. And you... You're just barely moving. But it's one of the most infuriating experiences I've ever had in my life. Yes. However, you do it because mm-hmm. on the other side of the dune, there's a beautiful picturesque view and you want to see it. And if you read that as a metaphor, you're doing all this, you know, these difficult tasks, you're, this labor to get over the sand dune to overcome these challenges mm-hmm. so that you can get to the other side and find um, relief and beauty and mm-hmm. life and for no other purpose but to enjoy it right and then when you go down you basically do somersaults and like pray to god that you don't get a concussion <laughs> like or it's sand in your eyes it's scary go it's scarier going down than it is going up yeah from my uh, uh memory yeah i no, almost I- said renology <laughs> from my renologing <laughs> No, it is. I'm renowledging it for my. Actually, I like that though. Re-knowledge. It makes sense. Another As somebody name. who's a, a, a not a prescriptivist with language, oh, I accept right. that as a new word oh. in the English language. You're welcome. Okay, great. I'm here. Um, I'm renowledging. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just creating some renowledge. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is like really. Uh, it's terrifying uh, going down yeah, the dunes, but it's kind of exhilarating. And aside from that literal, oh, yeah. the literal Dune, Kelsey... I started reading Dune like five months ago. Right. Guess who hasn't finished it because she starts too many books same at the same time. But we did see the movie. We did. It was incredible. Yeah. We went to Olive Garden afterwards and talked about it for like two hours uh-huh. because there's, had, no, there's no place else that was open. Endless soup salad and breadsticks. It was a Monday night. And we live in the suburbs, yeah. so where, where else are we going to go? Um, and I think we'll have some more uh, Dune Dune talk. Oh, yeah. Dune talk coming up. In the next episode, for in sure. In the next ep, for sure. Um, but, like, it totally makes sense in terms of Prophet of the Dune, like, Perfect Child, how Paul Atreides is, like, this prophesied. Yeah. Messiah type person. I also want my Hall- my Halloween costume to be Lady Jessica when she's in that oh. incredible like bronze veil yeah. thing. I don't know how I'm gonna make it. She looks amazing. Ugh, the ideal. I'll wear it to your Sasor soiree. Oh, great. Yeah, because my face will be covered. It's kind of like a mask. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love that. I also want to just be dressed as Paul when he's got like the thigh high boots, black coat with like a really tall collar, yeah, amazing belt, slightly tousled hair. I mean, that's normally what I go for in an everyday basis yeah. too. Yeah. Um, incredible. I'm gonna yeah, just I'm gonna channel Timothy Chalamet. Always. I kind of like um, I kind of like all of Lady Jessica's outfits. Yeah, she kind of slays. She's super cool. I do kind of think that they could have come up with a, I don't know, better names for Paul and Jessica. Paul and Jesse. <laughs> like I'm sorry, this those is, are people. I'm supposed from- to believe this is like a, some sort of like I guess I don't know. They are human uh, humans, yeah, and but- I guess if I'm imagining that this is like in the in the future. Then I guess they yeah, could have, like, those are the quote, names, normal names. Those are the names of people on the Jersey Shore. Right. Not in, like, an intergalactic right. space If drama. you're going <laughs> to make a fictional world God. and you're going to build, you're going to spend so much time building well, like, that, why would you give him the name Paul? Name, yeah, his last name is Atreides, which yeah. is rad. It's so rad. And Jessica's part of the Bene Gesserit, and I'm supposed to be like, yeah, oh, Jessica over here. Jess. Jesse. Yeah, like... It should be something. I know she's a concubine, but it it feels like it should be a little bit more out of this world. Yeah, Jessica's like my neighbor. You know what I mean? Jessica's not. I'm Jessica. <laughs> yeah, it's me, it's, Jessica. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, it could be anybody. Right. I mean, on the street, but that's that's just our complaint. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just uh, we have a lot of thoughts about Dune. I'll probably have more yeah. once I actually finish the book. Well, we'll talk more about Dune next week. That's yeah. for sure. But we couldn't. We couldn't leave it out because I think the word Dune sticks out like a sore thumb in this song. Yeah. If, it, you know, if you're going to close read it, then yeah, you must pay attention. We have to pay attention to it. Can I help you, Job? Well, Daddy? George is about to eat our croissants. Oh. How? He's Dang. being an absolute menace right now. You know now. why? There's coffee spilled on, <laughs> not one, but two of my books. Oh, um, no. So he probably can smell it, so... Well, we'll go. Oh, I'll leave you. I'm going to read a little poem. Yay. Can you guess? It's another Rilke. You can come up with an anti-Rilke poet identity called Silka. What's, um, maybe not. Sans Rilke? Sans, since Rilke. Since Rilke. Rilke, Rilkant. I Rilke, maybe. George. Can I help you? Stop it. He wants a croissant. Stop it, guy. You just gotta go. Get Give him a little, a little, little nudge. Little okay. Nudge. Okay, I'm gonna read another Rilke poem. This one's often just called "Be Ahead of All Parting." Again, I remind you: always read the Mitchell translations. Be ahead of all parting, as though it already were behind you, like the winter that has just gone by. For among these winters, there is one so endlessly winter that only by wintering through it will your heart survive. Be forever dead in Eurydice. More gladly arise into the seamless life proclaimed in your song. Here, in the realm of decline, among momentary days, be the crystal cup that shattered even as it rang. Be, and yet know the great void where all things begin the infinite source of your own most intense vibration, so that this once you may give it your perfect ascent. To all that is used up, and to all the muffled and dumb creatures in the world's full reserve, the unsayable sums 
joyfully add yourself and cancel the count. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> it's so good. That's what I'd say after every every single poem. I'm like, oh my god, it's so good. I could <laughs> I never, I could never write anything that beautiful. I feel like you just have to get it. You have to get all that out of your system. Like first, first um, reactions to poems, I feel like are so important because it's super revealing. Yeah. And once you assess your initial reactions, I think you're able to approach the poem from a clearer perspective. Yeah. Um, I just smile. Yeah. I just smile a lot. It's so, I don't know. I. It says, I always feel like poetry says what we can't always find the words for. Mm-hmm. Which is odd because it uses words. Right. So, riddle me that. Riddle me I mean, that, Rilke. Riddle, riddle me that. Riddle me that, Sassur. Riddle me that, And Derda. Riddle me that every single theorist I read and still don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. All right. That's, I don't think I have anything else to add. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Thank you so much for listening. This episode... I mean, I can already tell this episode's going to be longer than our other ones, but that's okay because we actually, I think we missed like a week where we would normally upload. So this is just like a, a double duty and it's a a, missed us. Yeah. It's, it's, we're making up for our missed time. So we have a lot to say. Yeah. You missed us. We know. It's fine. Um, we really hope you enjoyed this. Yeah. We had fun. Yeah. I feel wiped. Yeah. Because this just really mentally exhausted took all of the creative energy out of me. Yeah. In a great way. Yeah. Um guess all that's left to say is bye. Mm, bye. And all success upon your way. <laughs>